everyone. In this episode, Elsie and Sandra are discussing centered leadership with Jody Allison, the VP of Transformation of Algonquin Power and Utilities. Jody has cross-industry experiences, was vice president of National Grid before, and just won the Women Who Spark Award from Utility 2030. Welcome, Judy, to Women in Leadership podcast series. Oh, thank you. Center leadership, as the name implies, really is about having a well of physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual strength that drive personal achievement and, in turn, inspires others to follow. This model was introduced by McKinsey, Joanna Bars, and Joanne Lavoie. It emphasized the role of positive emotion and was built based on research into women-specific needs and experiences. There are five parts to center of leadership, meaning, framing, connecting, engaging, and energizing. Let's discuss each with Jody so that she can also share some of her leadership experiences to our women in leadership audiences. Sandra, go ahead. Good morning. So the first uh, topic we're going to talk about is meaning. So meaning is finding strengths and putting them to work in our workplaces for an inspiring purpose. Without meaning, work can sometimes be a slog. Um, so how do we find meaning so that our jobs become a calling? So Jody, a question I have for you, which we find often comes up with our audiences, is that women are often juggling between motherhood and career management. So based on your experience, what is your advice to women how to balance these and also still find meaning in their career? careers? Thanks. That's a great question. So first I'll start off with is uh, balance. It really is up to us, right? It means something different for each woman. And a lot of times people look for people to provide an answer. I think you can really understand the different aspects of it, and but you really have to take it and apply it to your own situation to come up with what balance means for you. So when we talk about balance and how do you find meaning in uh, your work, I look at it as I have a very challenging job and I look for how I can make a difference through that work. And before I even entertain taking a job, I really spend time to resonate on how is this going to provide that meaning for me. And when I looked at, you know, coming to Algonquin Power and Utilities, for example, when you look at the work they've been doing over the last, they started 30 years ago as a renewables company and really working to integrate that type of thinking with typical regulated utilities in various settings, I could get my arms wrapped around that. So I could find the meaning in one, the work I was doing and what the company was driving. I could find meaning in the um, the fact that I have an opportunity to work with people every day and impact their careers. And it could be me learning as much from them as myself learning as well. So the opportunity to work with a really engaging group of people and work on something meaningful makes it easier for me to go home and know that I spent time doing something worthwhile, which is important, but then also making sure that I drive the balance around when am I needed at work and when am I needed at home. And I have a support network on both to make sure that I have an opportunity to call on both those networks when I need to, to be able to show up in both forums as I want to. So let's discuss the second component here, managing energy. Knowing where your energy comes from, where it goes, and what you can do to manage it. 
I know finding energy is very different for each person, Jody. Can you recommend some that are really effective and how to manage them, especially when we are managing a long-run initiative? How do we do it? How do we pull those energies so that the energy can last longer? So I'm a firm believer in understanding of self. So I think we need to spend some energy really diving into who we are and understanding, um, do we get energy from internal activities? Do we get energy from external activities? And really driving towards what that looks like for us. For me, it's I have a group of women that I have in my life who are my friends, who I can draw upon their energy sometimes when I need that extra push. And that's very important to me. I have other ways which I know that if I need to recharge, I draw on those. And sometimes it is going away and uh, getting away from the environment. So taking myself out of the environment that I live in or I work in so that I'm able to really just reflect on where am I, where am I, what am I doing, how am I doing it, and making sure that I have an opportunity to redial in to myself. Because if I do that, I can be much more, I'm a very energetic person. I'm sure you can probably tell a little bit. And (laughs) people rely on me to deliver that energy. In the space that I work in, I'm responsible to drive a lot of change. And a lot of change is hard. So I provide a lot of energy to other people. So if I don't take care of myself, I'm not able to do that. So I come up with some very specific activities like small getaways, removing myself. Sometimes it's just taking myself away for a half a day and uh, going through and just reorganizing myself, but also using the people in my life, my friends and others to sometimes it's talking about ideas. Sometimes it's just having fun, but using that time to to re-energize. Jody, thanks so much. I, I really like that approach to energy. I, I think many of us women bring that energy and are dispersing it to a lot of places. So the question is, how do we re-energize? And so we all have to find that space. Um, moving on to framing as one of the five principles in the McKinsey report that we're talking about today. I just want to um, ask you, when I read the article, the article talked about how you have a more constructive way to view your world, how you gain resilience to move forward, and that that has critical difference in professional outcomes. So I'm curious, you know, as you work, as you mentioned, in a tough workplace with hard projects, how do you develop that approach to your work so as to um, maintain those outcomes for you professionally and in your workplace? Yeah, so I think um, when you focus on positivity and resiliency, I think that's one of the things that people will sometimes really focus on what's not going well as opposed to the strides that are made when things don't go as we expect. I can think of a few times in my career where I was told, you will never get that done. You will never make that happen. Do you understand how complicated this is? Uh, that's that's probably not going to be something we're going to be able to do here. And, you know, from my perspective, I always look at that as an opportunity to learn what they see as the challenge so that I can figure out what the outcome needs to be to get around it. So um, it, it's interesting to me that a lot of times if you talk to three different people, you will get three different perspectives about the same situation. So think about the power that we have to bring our point of view to situations coming from a place of positivity. If things don't go as expected, 
make sure the people around you know that's okay. You've all heard the, the phrase fail fast, right? Like learn from it and fail fast. Those are the biggest, some of the biggest learning opportunities I've had in my life have been from situations where things didn't go as expected, whether it's professionally or personally. And I think those are the opportunities we have to share those with others. You know, I had situations where I tried to bring system change to an environment that wasn't ready for it and it, it didn't go, but I learned a lot from that, right? So I think those are, are opportunities that we have to embrace and uh, the point of view that we take when we go into things will drive the outcome we, we achieve. So I think that um, sometimes it's, uh, I also make sure that there's people around me that keep me grounded. So that I don't lose perspective. And it, sometimes it's people on my team, sometimes it's people in my personal life, but that's important as well because you can get so narrowly focused that you lose sight of some of the broader opportunities that may appear. I think you touched on something really important and it connects to our next point, which is also, you know, sometimes we can't always be have that positive outlook. It's hard in life sometimes. Sometimes you do get down as a, yeah. a woman, as a leader in your career, personal, lots going on. And so I think you touched on a good point that sometimes we also need to go to the people around us. I have a group of women friends. We call each other similar to you, the kitchen cabinet, because we jump in when we have personal, professional. But I also, you know, many of us, my spouse is also supportive. I sometimes go to my kids that reminds me of what's important so I think you touch upon something really important there that when we need to regroup we need those people to keep us grounded and help us bring back that positive outlook when sometimes you know it's hard for us to find it in a, any given moment personally or professionally but I think you touched upon something really important which I think a lot about also as a, a female leader is um, the issue of connecting and, you know, one of the things you talked about is when if your team fails, you make sure to connect to the people to bring them along that may this may have been a failure, but we keep moving forward. And I think that idea of connection is something that's becoming more and more a concept we talk about in the workplace. And so I'm curious when you think about connecting, what would be your advice for younger women? Because this is a skill I think I developed as I became more senior in my career. I didn't understand or have the same uh, view or understanding of it when I was um, early in my career. So I'm curious, you know, how do you, where do you go to find those connections, build them? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, and where do you, uh, what do you advise younger women? Connections are extremely important. I was actually at the uh, college that I graduated from last night working with uh, mentoring and coaching students. And uh, I tell every single one of them, connect to me on LinkedIn. You may not need, need my connection today. I may not need yours today, but down the road, we can find each other and uh, build on the initial meeting that we've had. I think prior to the pandemic, I think there was a lot of opportunities to get out and network with folks. And I always tell people connecting and, and networking is extremely important, whether it's in our personal or business life. Um, but if you wait until you to do it till you need it, I think that's the lesson that we all learn as we travel through is that uh, that's too late. So if I was starting out in my career, some of the best advice that I tried to give is that you really want to try to drive connections. And I think you need to be creative in the world today because the pandemic changed the way people interact. And so that means getting involved in an alumni association looking for opportunities with the the academic uh, environments that you've belonged to, 
joining professional organizations such as this one, extremely important. And taking the opportunity to use the tools, whether you use LinkedIn, you use Google, whatever it is that you prefer to use, make sure that you, you know, make it a point to use social media or some other platform to stay connected to people that you may not see on a regular basis. I think that's also that's a great lesson to younger women, but also to a reminder to us that as we get consumed in our work world and our personal lives to also maintain and build those connections to other people in our in our uh, workplace or outside of our workplace. And if I could just say, I think a lot of times we'll tell ourselves, I just don't have time for this. I am too busy and I just don't have time for this. But I would challenge that if you do take the time to meet with folks and, and interact and connect, you'll be amazed at what you take away from those interactions. And sometimes those help you to be far more efficient or gain some insights or do, you, you, there's things that you don't expect that will, will come out of those that will help you. So it will pay off. So it, it may seem like a big investment of time up front, but it will pay off. And uh, don't be tempted just to say, geez, I really don't have time for that. And, but you, we need to make time. And also, if we connect to the centered leadership, that connection actually built the energy. So you can draw energy from your network, even virtual network in this case. Exactly. So, yeah, let's move on to the, the last one, engaging. So engaging is really finding your voice, becoming self-reliant and confident by accepting opportunities and the inherent risk they bring and collaborating with others. So a lot of people is talking about this one thing, accepting opportunity is one, but finding one is a different thing. Can you share some of your experience on your strategy to find new opportunities that align with your voice, Jody? Yeah, so I think from my perspective, I'm just going to go back to the my my overall journey and just start there and kind of describe the opportunities and how I see them as I've gone along. I grew up with a woman who was considered superwoman, and she did it all. She raised a family. She uh, grew businesses with my dad, and she uh, was a school teacher. She did it all. And one of the things is, is I set a very high bar for myself when I was first starting out my career, because if she could do it all, I could do it all. What I learned very quickly was, is my mother was uh, doing these things in a different time and in a different place. My mother was doing it when the email didn't follow you home. There was no one calling you on your cell phone. So when you were home, you were home. When you were at work, you were at work. So I was setting a bar for myself that was not going to be attainable. And so one of the things that I looked looked for was, well, it is attainable, but it's just different. And so the first thing I had to do is figure out how how do I become the the person that that I want to be and lead in the way that I want to be. And uh, the first thing I did was starting to understand my gifts, my skills, my capabilities, and my confidence. And there were things that I do that I do very well. And it was starting to understand that. So it meant that when I went into, I had children that were enrolled in school, I had to understand that maybe my gift, I served on the Board of Education for 12 years. My gift wasn't being in the classroom, cutting out paper cutouts. My gift was being in in on the Board of Education, helping support the overall educational activity of the children in the community along with my own. 
I was I had to learn to be okay with that. Like that's okay. Um, and then also making sure that um, while I was there, I didn't realize it, but I was engaging with people that were ultimately going to help me in other ways and create opportunities as I moved on in my career. I also, at one point, uh, was had the opportunity to take. I never grew up and said, "Hey, I want to be." the vice president of transformation or the vice president of something, right? But based on the fact that I was able to build confidence, I was able to say that I have some really good core skills. I learned what those core skills were. I learned what my strengths were and I learned the things I enjoyed. And when I started looking at things through that lens, I was able to engage with people, have great conversations. And really that's where the opportunities drove from there. So I will use the example of a few years ago, I, I had the opportunity to join the utility industry because my skill sets were transferable. I didn't know anything about the utility industry before I joined National Grid. So it was a good opportunity to take my skills and, and engage with people in a bit of a different way, but using you know what I brought to the table. So I think those opportunities present to ourselves when we really spend the time, like I said, to understand what the expectations are of ourselves, what we um, believe are our strengths and our skills. There's things you can do to really spend time understanding those, whether it's using strength finders or other types of activities, and then find others that have similar passions or that are looking to work or pair themselves with those types of expertise. That's what creates opportunity. Engage, find things that you're passionate about, because if you're passionate about them, it makes things so much easier. So I have taken those. I, I will say I also I have a special needs child. And one of the things that I have had to do is take my experiences and learn how to use them differently than I was ever expecting to use them. So when I was on the school board, it was making connections so I could understand what the opportunities were going to be for my son and how I was going to participate in his future and his future needs. So I think all along the way, these things grow from a place of confidence and understanding yourself and you will find that your journey will probably not take you where you expect, but it'll take you to a very exciting place. You know, Jody, I think that's really interesting. And I know we're about to finish our, our conversation. I feel like this may be an ongoing conversation down the road. <laughs> but I, I do, I really like the message because one of the things I switched my view and approach when I talked to young women, I indicated to them now I used to say you know there's a lot of messaging to young people to go outside your comfort zone go outside the box push yourself and it's interesting a few years ago I I thought about this and I talked to I heard someone speak and I actually have started to send message to many um, young people in their careers to lean into your strengths it's not always about going outside the box pushing yourself maybe focusing and leaning in on your strengths is your best career path so obviously we all have to challenge ourselves trying new things as you said you moved into utilities an area you didn't know but you leaned in on your strengths and skills which may have been connecting with people having conversations using um, your your uh, transformation approach to things that brought you to there. So I think that's something I've changed my messaging to people I talk to when I now speak about leadership and, and often indicate lean into some of your strengths and that will take you to things that are outside the box, which is a different message than many of them here. So thank you. I, I really enjoyed that. And I think yeah, this conversation will definitely be ongoing. 
I hope so. To add into what both of you are saying, what I learned also when we started our career, the focus is really external. But I think when you move up through the organization ladder, the focus should be internal. That's basically the pillar to make us grounded and be successful. So I'm passing this back to you, Sandra, for closing. Thank you, Elsie. Thank you, Jody, so much uh, for this podcasting conversation. I'm going to take it away and think a lot about it. Thanks for sharing your insights, Jody, to our women in leadership audiences and listeners. Thank you for listening. We hope you learned something and that you all out there continue to lead with impact, resilience and fulfillment in your life. So stay tuned for our next discussion in our Will podcast series. And thanks again to Jody for being here today. Thank you very much.